Girlfriends, episode number 167, Spiritual Benefits of Fasting. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, because you asked for it, we're going to be talking about the spiritual benefits of fasting. Are you ready? Here we go. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Thanks for being here. Thank you for showing up for another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I always love being able to connect with you here. And this week is a little different because not for you, for me, because I'm recording this on a Sunday night. I generally record these on very early on Monday mornings. And we record um, about a week out ahead of time. But this week, I'm available and free to do it on Sunday evening because get this, Dan is out of town. I know. He usually occupies my time on Sunday evenings in a good way. We spend our time together. Um, But he's down in Florida visiting some of our big kids who go to school down there. So this weekend has been very different for me. It's not often that Dan travels. Um, His work usually keeps him close to home. I'm usually the one who's away and he's the one holding down the fort. So we kind of reversed roles this weekend. And um, though some things are harder, things are always harder when you're the solo parent, right? But a lot was just kind of interesting and a nice different mix of me with different kids spending time together, me making plans with people, me getting major projects done that otherwise I probably wouldn't have made the time for this weekend. And now look at me with a free Sunday evening and I'm recording the podcast early. So I I find it interesting when you can mix up the dynamic like that because years ago when I used to be a stay-at-home mom and Dan was working full-time outside of the home, he was always the one who was out and gone. And I was always the one who was by myself here with kids. Um, Not always, of course, mostly. And when I first started to work and started to travel just a little bit for work, I really felt like that was actually good for our relationship to have that reverse of roles. So mixing it up like that can be helpful because it kind of opens your eyes to the way the other half is living because you kind of take for granted the good things about your situation and really super highlight the negative things about your own situation. And then you kind of take for granted the work that your spouse does. And it's just natural. It's human nature. Even if you're trying to be considerate and thoughtful and caring, it's human nature to kind of gloss over the work that other people put into a joint project and that joint project being your home or your family life, um, it can be all the more difficult to see the input from other people. So I find switching it up every now and then is good. If you have the opportunity to do that, I really do recommend it in whatever direction makes sense for you and your marriage. Okay, people, this week we are talking about the spiritual benefits of fasting. And this was not my plan to talk about this because I don't consider myself an expert in this at all, but I was really overwhelmed by feedback from all of you when I just happened to mention fasting as one of the things um, that could possibly help you to grow in patience in a recent episode, episode number 165, Five Ways to Be More Patient. I got a lot of feedback on that episode in general. People really, really need to work on patience, I think. (laughs) They really responded to that. They really were looking for that. Um, But also, I got a lot of feedback, especially about the part where I talked about fasting being a way that you can possibly work on growing that patient's muscle. And I heard from many of you by email, but Andrea was kind enough to record a voicemail. And you know, I love voicemail. That is my love language. If you're looking to make me happy, send me a voicemail. So Andrea did that this week, and I'm going to share that here. 
Hi, Danielle. This is Andrea Bear from California, and I just finished listening to your podcast on patience, and I really enjoyed the segment and one of your tips about fasting. That's something that I have been working on this year for Lent, but I see the beauty in it as well that could carry over after Lent. So I had a question in regards to if you had any other ideas for fasting um, other than just on Lenten Fridays. What days do you recommend would be great for fasting? And also if you had any tips to do in between meals instead of eat, um, what would you suggest? So, and again, thank you for all your material that you give. I think that it goes hand in hand with your patient's podcast. So thank you very much for that feedback, Andrea, and for your questions. I really do appreciate them. I appreciate that you've been experimenting with the idea of fasting and thinking about taking it beyond your Lenten experience this year. That's something that I share with you. Last year, I shared here on the podcast that I was experimenting with a bit of fasting, and then I kind of put it aside after the Lenten season. This year, I've been experimenting a bit more with it during the Lenten season in more of a formal way. And I have come to appreciate it so much that I am planning to make it a regular part of my spiritual life going forward. I don't know exactly what that will look like. Probably won't be quite as regimented or formal as it is during the Lenten season, but I truly have come to appreciate the spiritual benefits of fasting, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. But let me start by saying I am not an expert. I am not a doctor. I am not a spiritual director. I'm just sharing what I have experienced and my own observations of my own experience with fasting. So that said, you know, don't just take what I say with a fasted grain of salt. And um, also, I want to say at the start that there are, of course, some people who should not fast. And so when I'm talking about fasting here, I am talking about abstaining completely from food for a set period of time. Of course, there are many different kinds of fasting. You can fast from sugar. You can fast from chocolate. You can fast from meat. You can fast from television. You can fast in all these different ways. And so there are people who should not be fasting in the other way, the way that I'm specifically speaking about right now, which is abstaining from any kind of food for a set period of time. And of course, that means children. That means pregnant or nursing mothers or also anybody with a history of an eating disorder, anybody who has struggled in the past with kind of wanting that sense of control or having a disordered approach to eating. Fasting might be a way for those people to find healing, but they should definitely do that with the advice of a doctor, under the care of a spiritual advisor. Don't do it because I'm talking about it here today. Don't do it on your own. I think if this has been an issue for you in the past, then it really makes a lot of sense to use caution going forward and making sure that you're not doing something on your own that could be potentially dangerous for you, okay? So all of that said, I do think that these spiritual benefits can apply to different kinds of fasting. Um, But what I'm specifically talking about is the kind of fasting that I've been experimenting with this Lent, which is for a set period of time, abstaining from food. And now Andrea asked for some practical ideas, right? Some things that can help if you're going to choose to do fasting. So before we get to some of the spiritual benefits that I want to share, I will share just a few of those. And I will link in the show notes to the fasting episode that I recorded last year when I was beginning to experiment with fasting, because it contains even more of those. But just real quick here, I'm going to offer just some ideas for somebody who might be struggling with just skipping snacks between meals or skipping a meal, 
dealing with hunger pangs, that sort of thing. Um, the first thing I want to say is it really helps to stay busy. If you're going to be fasting, make a plan to get some stuff done. Get some stuff done around your house, accomplish a project with your kids, um, go out and run a bunch of errands, you know, clean out a closet, whatever it is. I find it is really helpful to have a nice, big, long list of to-dos that are going to keep you occupied. Because if you were just hanging around, lying on your couch, watching Netflix <laughs> right near the refrigerator, you're just going to be thinking about food and it's going to make it torture for you. So find a way to keep yourself active and stay busy. Also, drink plenty of water. It truly does help. Um, I can't remember which nun it is that I follow on Twitter. Isn't that cool that there are many nuns on Twitter? I just remember last year, one of them shared the tip to drink a lot of water when you're fasting, that it truly does help. And that kind of stuck with me. And, and using that as a practice when you're fasting, if you're distracted by hunger pains or feeling like you're going to give in and, and eat something when you hadn't planned to, then just drink a great big glass of water. It truly does help. Um, and I mentioned recently that I've been enjoying drinking carbonated water, and that really does help when you're fasting. It has a way of kind of making you feel more filled up. So I find that that is truly helpful if you want to experiment with different kinds of water. If you want to put a little lemon in your water, whatever works for you to get you to drink a lot of water, it really can help. Also, another way of helping you get started with fasting is start small. Don't decide you're going to fast for like five days straight or 40 days because that's what Jesus did. You know, start small and be reasonable. This is like an ongoing theme here on Girlfriends, right? Let's be reasonable in the ways in which we're taking on new things, experimenting with new things, challenging ourselves. Let's start small and make it doable so that you can experience success in small ways that will lead to greater ways. Start small. It might be that you're just going to avoid eating between meals at all. Avoid having snacks. It might be that you're just going to skip breakfast one day. Start there. See how you do with that. Get comfortable with that level before you try to get, um, you know, take on anything even more challenging than that. And it's fine if that's all you ever do, right? I, I think um, sometimes people can turn things, whether it's fasting or ideas of fitness or something to do with your prayer life, or we turn these into like competitions. We feel like we're in competition with other people and we'll think like, oh, well, my friend is is fasting all day every Wednesday for Lent. And so I need to be able to do that too, right? Their journey has nothing to do with yours, right? <laughs> their life is very different from yours. Their spiritual path and their calling, their unique calling from God is very different from yours. So I don't find it's helpful to kind of compare and contrast ourselves with others in this way. Start where you are and start small. That's going to make it um, much more of a success for you and, and much more of a beneficial exercise for you. So those are my three, three, yeah, three small little quick tips for you, Andrea, about ways to make in-between meals um, a little bit easier, a little bit smoother, get you a better start to the idea of fasting in the first place. So those are just practical tips. Now I want to just talk about why you might want to consider fasting anyway. I mean, plenty of people do it for health benefits. And like I've shared with you before, if you want the health benefits, Google it because there's a ton out there, okay? And apparently it is very good for you. Um, but that aside, there are many spiritual benefits uh, to fasting. I like, first of all, to just reflect on the fact that Jesus fasted for 40 days when he went into the desert to pray. And how much over the years have I just glossed over that fact, right? And just focused on Jesus prayed right? He was in the desert praying. And I wasn't focused on the fact that he was fasting. And, and you know, this, this passage in scripture tells us he was fasting. They mean he was fasting. He didn't eat for 40 days, right? So that's meaningful. The fact that that's how Jesus went out to pray 
It doesn't mean that we need to be fasting for 40 days, but it does mean that fasting can be a beneficial part of our prayer lives. It can be something that goes hand in hand with prayer. Jesus gave us that example, and we will benefit from following Jesus' example, as in all things. So let's not forget that, that first of all, he set that example for us, the fact that fasting goes with prayer. So there definitely are spiritual benefits of fasting. So what are some of those that I'm going to share with you today? The first one that I want to share is that it quiets yourself. It quiets yourself. You know that inner voice that says, me, 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 it's all about me? We all have that inner voice, right? And it's part of being a Christian to learn how to quiet that voice, to learn how to defer to others instead of giving in to that voice's demands. It quiets your self-seeking and your demand for instant gratification. And of course, this doesn't happen instantly. The first day you try fasting, you might be 100% miserable. You might be. It's part of the process. Fasting is something that you can get better at, just like anything else, any other spiritual thing that you might practice. You can get better at it the more you do it. So starting small and looking to you know grow from there and approaching it with the idea that you want to gain those spiritual benefits from fasting. So that first way that I think fasting benefits us spiritually is that it does quiet your inner self quiets yourself, quiets your demand for instant gratification, which is a very countercultural thing in this world. In this world, we are told pretty much from the moment we're born that we deserve everything instantly. We shouldn't have to wait for anything. The minute we want something, we should have it. And that's a very selfish, self-seeking way to approach life and approach our relationships with other people, especially approach our relationship with God. We're looking for that instant gratification. That's not what what Jesus tells us we're meant to be. I find that fasting more so than um, pretty much anything I've experienced calms you interiorly. I don't know how else to explain it other than that. Um, I did explain it a little bit inside of that uh, recent podcast I mentioned about becoming more patient, that it makes you in the moment more patient and accepting of where you are right now, more accepting of the present moment, whatever it might be, whether it feels good or it doesn't feel good, whether you're struggling with something, whether you're feeling frustrated, whether something negative is going on, whether you're in pain or discomfort, it gives you peace and calm in that moment because it quiets yourself because fasting teaches you that you can get through uncomfortable things. And we as Christians are supposed to be focused on other people, not ourselves. And then this way, is of denying ourselves food when we could legitimately eat food, just purposely denying ourselves food and experiencing hunger and realizing that our hunger is not an emergency, right? Talk about a countercultural notion. I mean, even just in, you know, everyday, everyday world, I am amazed at how much, you know, when you're planning like a kid's activity, kids are going to be, you know, doing um, whatever, practicing the school play for three hours or whatever. Who's going to bring the snacks, right? I mean, what? They, they can go three hours. Everybody's going to be fine. They'll need to bring snacks, right? But it's part of our culture. Like 
nobody should ever go hungry for even a moment, right? We kind of have that kind of built in. And I, I know that I felt this way before. Uh, years ago, when I was doing some pretty significant strength training, and I was following a program where you were supposed to eat really regularly. Like, I mean, a lot of diet regimens will tell you, like, eat every three hours or whatever, eat small snacks every three hours. And I was in the habit of doing that. And I realized, like, I never experienced such a ravenous hunger as I did during those times. Of course, because I was doing the strength training and my body was trying to build muscle, but also because I was kind of training myself through eating so frequently that it was an emergency. Absolutely had to eat when I felt that hunger. And um, I'm glad to say I don't experience that anymore. And I, I don't think that that's how human beings are meant to be eating. Um, except for when maybe you're growing a baby inside or you're a child and you're growing. Um, but, you know, normal adults, we don't need to be eating every three or four hours. And so this kind of fasting kind of breaks you of that notion that, you, the, fact that the fact that you're hungry is an emergency and has to be dealt with immediately. Not true. You are not going to die. <laughs> you're not. You, we all know you can go for days, right? Not without water, but without food. You can. Maybe it won't be comfortable. Maybe you won't love it, but you totally can do that. It is not an emergency and you're not going to die. I think just even recognizing that calms and quiets your inner self and your inner kind of self-seeking, which really is um, what we're called to do as Christians, is quiet that. Okay, so that's the first one. It quiets your inner self. The second one, fasting helps you to gain power over your desires. Now, desires are good things, right? God gives us our desires. They're, if, you know, if we're leading an ordered life, the desires we have are put there by God. There are ways in which we keep ourselves healthy. There are ways in which we seek good things, right? But sometimes we let our desires, our passions rule us in a way that they shouldn't in ways that lead us into sin. So by fasting, by purposefully and consciously and willingly of your own volition, abstaining from food, when you're hungry and you could legitimately eat food is a way of reinforcing the fact to yourself that you are in control, that you decide, not your physical drive, not your physical drives, not, you know, it, it emphasizes the control that we are meant to have um, of our reason over our passions. Not in a bad way, like when um, some people experience an eating disorder because they're looking for that sense of control, like I can control whether or not I eat right? No, not in that way, but in a way that's very spiritually healthy. We're meant to have that kind of mastery over ourselves in a way that God intends. We don't want to be ruled by our passions. Think of someone who you might describe as ruled by their passions. That's not the ideal man, right? That's not the ideal human being. That's not what a Christian is supposed to be. We're meant to be ruled by our reason. And so fasting gives you a way to practice having mastery over your hunger right? And that mastery parallels mastery over any other passion that you might have, any other inclination toward a physical drive that might lead you to sin that could be, you know, dominating you in an unhealthy way, in a disordered way. So master, mastery over hunger can be paralleled with mastery over lust or over anger or jealousy or greed, any of these sins, right, that we, that are led by our drives, led by our physical drives oftentimes, that um, practicing fasting and practicing kind of strengthening that muscle of self-mastery 
is a way of gaining control in those other areas of your life too. Learning, I can to do this. I can do this. I am strong enough to do this. Like building that muscle, building that strength. So I find that fasting is really a great way to gain power over your desires in a way that God intends for us to. All right, the third way that I think we can spiritually benefit from fasting is that we grow in gratitude. When you're not mindlessly eating food all day, and let's face it, that is what so many of us do. I know I have done that many times, many phases of my life. I have experienced that where uh, you're just never really actually hungry. Have you ever experienced that? Um, Where you go for days, weeks, months, years, maybe never actually truly experiencing hunger because you're eating because it's time to eat. You're eating because food is available. You're eating because you're bored. You're eating because it's there and somebody else is eating, right? Mindlessly eating. And in those cases, are we truly grateful for our food? I don't think so. I mean, imagine like spending a long time planning and cooking a beautiful meal for someone and then they, you know, just kind of shove it into their face while they're watching television hardly even notice they ate it. Would that make you feel like they appreciated what you did? Definitely not, right? And I find that fasting kind of makes us more aware of the blessing that food is, the blessing that we have in our lives, that food is readily available, where we have the opportunity to choose to fast rather than we're going hungry and our children are going hungry as as many people are suffering in the world. So when you're not mindlessly eating all day or eating just because I find that when you're making the choice to eat, you can recognize so much more that there's a blessing in that. We get to eat every day. It's a blessing. That food comes from God. And we're more likely to give thanks for that food if we're abstaining from it for set periods of time. We're more likely to appreciate the blessing that it is. We're more likely to desire it and enjoy it and appreciate it more because we're abstaining from it on purpose for set periods of time. And I find that this leads to noticing other pleasures too, because when you're fasting, I I have found anyway, my own experience that you recognize other pleasures more, whether it's enjoying a conversation with a friend, really connecting with a friend or connecting with your spouse, um, enjoying spending time with your children, that I find that that I'm so much more focused on the blessings that I have in my life that aren't food. And um, anybody who's had a disordered relationship with food, and, and let's face it, many of us have, most of us have, especially in today's culture, which is like food obsessed, right? Um, I find that it's really a refreshing thing to kind of separate yourself from food and focus on the other kinds of ways we can experience pleasure and we can experience enjoyment in our lives inside of our relationships with other people. Or even just the simplest blessings of the fact that we have fresh running water that's clean and ready for us to drink, that we have shelter, we have a beautiful home, that we have cars, that we have jobs, that we can take a hot shower, that we can climb into a soft, comfortable bed when we're tired at the end of the day and really appreciate that pleasure. I find that you grow so much more in gratitude for all the blessings of your life when you purposefully are denying yourself one of those blessings for a set period of time. So fasting from food in a deliberate way, I find that helps to grow in gratitude. It really does for me, inspire me to be more grateful and more conscious of many of the blessings that I otherwise would take for granted. 
because when you when you're not fasting or when you're eating just because for any set period of time, we're we're not likely to be grateful for that blessing of food, but we're also less likely to feel and notice and be tuned into those other blessings in our lives, the other ways that we we experience pleasure and joy inside of our everyday lives. So fasting really helps you to grow in gratitude. All right, the fourth way I want to mention that fasting um, is a spiritual benefit is through offering up. Now, this is a huge one. This is how I started experimenting with fasting last Lent was I specifically at the start of Lent um, decided I was going to be keeping a prayer journal and just a very simple prayer journal. And I did share about this last year on the show. So you might have heard this before, but I was keeping just in a very general sense, people that I wanted to pray for. You know, we all go through our days all the time, you know, telling people, oh, I'll pray for that. And people ask us for prayers and we say, sure, you run into it on social media. And maybe sometimes people don't even ask for your prayers, but you're inspired to pray for people, people that you might see on the news or people in your community, people who are suffering, people who are going through something hard, you know, um, I, and we all have those. And so that last Lent, I, I tried through this prayer journal to keep track of those things so that I was deliberately praying for those people. But then I was also experimenting with fasting each day for a separate intention. And I found that was super motivating, first of all. <laughs> when you're fasting for something like that, it feels really good. It feels like you're accomplishing something. It feels so worthwhile, especially if it's something you care about a lot. Um, so that's how I did last Lent. In this Lent, I've just been focused, especially on praying for in a deliberate way, both with Dan and by myself, uh, praying for my marriage in a healthy way, praying for the blessings in my marriage, praying for Dan and I to grow closer to each other and grow closer to God. And I've been fasting specifically for that purpose, just focused on that. And I find that is so motivating because it feels like I am focused on something that genuinely will benefit me and my spouse, which is what I'm supposed to be focused on every day, growing closer to heaven. So fasting for others, you can offer up your fasting, however short it is, whatever length of time that you're fasting, it's worth something. Ask Jesus to bathe it in his precious blood and make it infinitely worth something when you offer it to God the Father for that intention, for that person, for that thing that you're praying for. So I think it's really important to remember that fasting should go hand in hand with offering up. Not necessarily like I'm going to fast for this. You know, we've talked before about my theory about the the gumball machine of prayer. You put in your prayers and you get out your special prize that you prayed for. It doesn't work like that. But it can be a beautiful spiritual benefit to attach fasting to prayer, just like Jesus did in the desert, right? Not an accident that he did that. Fasting is meant to be attached to prayer. So you can pray for people in your life. You can pray for specific intentions. And here's something. You can tell them that you're doing that. I don't mean in a creepy way. I'm skipping breakfast for your benefit. Um, not in a way that's going to make them feel weird or beholden to you. Um, but when you when people ask for your prayers, I find it's so gratifying to be able to say, you know what? I, I am going to pray for you. And in fact, here's what I'm going to do. I, I'm going to be fasting tomorrow morning and I'm going to offer that up for you. Imagine someone telling you that. Imagine how encouraging that would be. Imagine how touched you'd be by them making that kind of sacrifice for your benefit. It's a beautiful gift that you can offer to other people and it can create a powerful connection with other people. We're always telling other people, oh, I'll pray for you. And then how often do we forget? 
I know I've been guilty of that. And I'll, I'll do the all-encompassing prayer at the end of my days, like, and Lord, for everybody that I promised prayer to today. Well, that's okay. But how much more beautifully powerful to specifically offer up a fast for somebody? Who wouldn't want that? You'll grow in your relationships with other people. This is the communion of saints. We're part of it here on earth with one another, right? And we have the opportunity to fast for one another. So don't waste it. For sure, look for ways that you can offer up your fast. And that's um, another spiritual benefit that you can gain from practicing fasting. Okay, the fifth way that I want to mention that fasting can be a spiritual benefit to you is that through fasting, you gain strength for doing hard things. I mean, this is kind of obvious, right? Fasting is a hard thing. And the more you do it, the better you can get at it. The more you're able to do it, the more you're able to benefit from it. And the more you can gain that strength of knowing I can do hard things. And that is a beautiful spiritual gift to know that you can do hard things. Like we mentioned, hunger passes. This is something not many of us know because we satisfy our hunger as soon as immediately possible. If we experience hunger, right? That's just what we do. But if you're fasting, you will come to know that you can experience hunger and you can stick it out and it will be gone. I mean, not completely gone, not magically gone, but the, the a wave of hunger, if you experience intense hunger during your period of fast, it's not going to stay like that. And it's not just going to grow in intensity. I think sometimes that's what people are afraid of. Like, I'm, I'm planning to fast for a set amount of time. I'm halfway through that time and I'm experiencing intense hunger. It's only going to get worse from here. I'm going to grow hungrier and hungrier and I'm just going to be like, climb my eyes out by the end of this. Well, it doesn't work like that. It kind of comes in waves and it passes. Hunger passes. What a beautiful thing to realize about yourself that you can survive that, that you can get through that. You, you can pass through a wave of hunger and get through to the other side and you'll be stronger for doing it, spiritually stronger. So once you come to know that, you can manage your hunger better. You can manage your, uh, your other drives better and it comes in waves and it always passes. So it gives you that kind of strength of knowing that you can do hard things, of knowing that you can even if it's um, some other kind of discomfort you're experiencing, whether it's spiritual or emotional or physical, knowing that you have the strength to sit down inside of that pain you're in and know that it's not forever is a beautiful spiritual gift. Knowing that you can accept pain the way that Jesus teaches us to, right? We're meant to accept pain that comes our way and sacrifice and offer it up to God. Fasting is a beautiful practice of that. You can sit down in the pain that you're in, whatever it is, whatever kind of discomfort it might be, and know that it's not going to last forever. And you grow in your trust in God as you wait for Him to fill your needs. I think that's such a beautiful spiritual benefit of fasting, the fact that you learn to relax inside of where you are. Like we said, being present in that moment and accepting where you are with a peace and a calm about it, not a panic about it. Not It's an emergency. And that teaches you, I find, to grow in your trust in God as you wait for Him. He's the source of every good thing. He's the source of every single thing we might ever need. He's the reason you're breathing in and out right now and your heart is beating in your chest only because God wills it. We're dependent upon Him for everything. And I find that fasting teaches us that that God not only provides our food, he provides everything. And it teaches us to be patient inside of the discomfort 
It teaches us that we can do hard things and that the hard things don't last forever. And we grow in our trust in the Lord through that practice of fasting. All right, the sixth way, and I think this is the last one. Yes, just checking my notes here. The sixth way that I want to mention um, that I believe fasting benefits us spiritually is that it empties us. Of course, it physically empties us, right? But spiritually, there's a mirror to that. Spiritually, fasting empties us of ourselves, of our desires, of our sinful passions. And by emptying ourselves physically and spiritually, fasting prepares us to receive God. It, re- it prepares us to receive God's grace, to receive strength, to receive God's love, to receive love from others. When you're filled up, you don't need anything. So that's a spiritual, a spiritual reality every bit as much as it is a physical reality. And I find that the two go hand in hand. If you're fully satisfied physically, you don't need anything. You don't need God. You don't need your, your spouse. You don't need anything. You're good, right? I mean, maybe not perfectly so, but oh, you know what I mean is that idea that when you're filled up, you're not longing. You're not seeking. You're not looking for God. So when we empty ourselves, then we're prepared to spiritually wait to be filled. You know, think about the fast that we're we're called to do before we receive communion. I mean, of course, it's a pathetic one hour fast from food, right? Not at all difficult to do, not at all complicated to do. You're definitely not going to be feeling hunger pangs at the end of one hour of fasting before receiving the Eucharist, but it's meant to be sort of a symbol of our longing for God. First of all, to be respectful so that Jesus isn't in your stomach swimming around with Cheerios, but also it's meant to be a a sign of something that makes us recall that we're longing for God. We're hungering for God. We're longing for that communion that we have with Jesus in the Eucharist. And I find that fasting is a beautiful way to remind ourselves of that, not only when we're receiving communion, but every other time too, that we're meant to empty ourselves, to be prepared to receive God. When we feel physical hunger, that's a physical manifestation of the spiritual reality of the fact that we hunger for God. Every one of us hungers for God. We need God. We're longing for God. We have a space in our hearts that only God can fill. And I find that Physically fasting and physically experiencing hunger is a beautiful physical reminder of that spiritual reality. Okay, so those are the spiritual benefits that I would highlight. Spiritual benefits of fasting. First, that it quiets your inner self. Second, we gain power over our desires when we fast. Number three, we grow in gratitude when we're fasting. Number four, we have the opportunity to offer it up. Number five, we gain strength for doing hard things. And number six, it empties you and prepares you to receive God. Those are my thoughts, but I bet you have some thoughts too. I know some of you are experimenting with fasting this Lenten season, and I'd love to know what you're doing and how it's working for you and what you have recognized as the spiritual benefits of practicing fasting. Also, if you are 
pregnant or nursing or not fasting in a traditional sense for other reasons. What kinds of fasts are you engaging in? I'd like to hear that and I'd like to be able to share it with others here on the podcast. So you can email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Send me a voicemail like Andrea did. Just record a voice memo on your phone and send it to me at that email address or connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I always love hearing from you with feedback from the episodes that I share here on Girlfriends. We're going to take a quick break and be right back. If you're looking for a way to learn more about your Catholic faith, I invite you to check out the Ascension Presents YouTube channel. You're going to find tons of free videos featuring Catholic presenters like Matt Frad, Leah Darrow, Jackie and Bobby Angel, and Emily Wilson. Go to youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. That's youtube.com slash Ascension Presents. And if you like what you see, please share and subscribe. Welcome back. Before we close out this episode, I want to let you know that this coming week, I'm going to be recording the audio version of You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth, my newest book available from Ascension. If you haven't yet checked out You Are Enough, you can go to ascensionpress.com and get your copy of You Are Enough and special bonus for Girlfriends listeners, you can use the code GIRLFRIENDS when you check out at ascensionpress.com and you'll get 10% off your order. That's a special bonus that's available only to you because you listen to the Girlfriends podcast. So definitely you're going to want to get your copy. And I'm thrilled to be recording the audio version. I haven't done this before. I'm a little nervous because that's a lot of talking. <laughs> so I'm going to be going into a recording studio and working that, working on that over two days in the coming week. So um, I'd appreciate your prayers, although it will have already happened by the time you listen to this, but God is outside of time. So you can pray for the success of that project and be looking for it to be coming out soon. Look for that to be available on Audible. I know when the book first came out, I heard from many of you who said, I really prefer to listen to my books. And um, even some of my friends in real life told me, I'm going to wait for the audio version. So no more excuses once this is available. I'll be sure to share with you here once it is available. Maybe you have a friend that you want to share it with and you could get them the audio version. That's a nice way of uh, evangelizing and um, sharing in a way that people appreciate because everybody loves a good audiobook for when they're in the car, when you're working out, when you're doing dishes, folding laundry, whatever. Um, so be looking for that version of You Are Enough. For anyone who's not familiar with my book, You Are Enough, inside of it, I look at stories of women in the Old Testament and what we can learn from those ancient stories about God's unique love for women and your unique calling as a woman, God has a unique calling for every one of us. And there's so much we can learn about our eternal worth as women and our unique and individual callings as women from those beautiful stories in the Old Testament. No one was no more surprised than I was when I was doing that research for this book about how beautiful those stories are and how meaningful and relevant they are to our lives today. If you're just beginning in your study of the Old Testament, this book is a great way for you to kind of break into that. So um, it, it's very it's very easy read. Uh, other Girlfriends listeners, if you're on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Girlfriends Podcast, we'd love you to join us there, um, have shared as they're reading the book and they're finding a new love and a new interest in studying the Old Testament. It's a good gateway drug 
drug for getting into the Old Testament if it's something that you've avoided in the past because it's studious, because it feels weird, because it's not as nicey-nice as some of the New Testament stories. Um, for sure, this is a wonderful way for you to kind of get your feet wet. And if you're interested in doing it with a group of friends, there is a companion journal and you can email me to find out about how you can get your copy of that. Danielle at DanielleBean.com. And as I usually do, I want to mention some places that I'm going to be because I love connecting on the podcast, but even more so, I love it when we can connect in real life. I loved getting to meet some of you listeners when I was at the LA Religious Education Congress a couple of weeks ago, and I'm looking forward to seeing some of you in the coming months at some different places that I'm going to be. So first, um, I want to mention that I'm going to be speaking on Saturday, April 27th in San Antonio, Texas. If you are anywhere near San Antonio, I'd love it if you would come out. I'm going to be speaking at the Together in Holiness marriage conference that's going to be, I believe the church is St. Mark, but don't don't quote me on that. Go to the link in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. There's a link to the Together in Holiness Marriage Conference there. That's going to be Saturday, April 27th in San Antonio. Then Saturday, May 11th, I am going to be speaking at... Uh, Light of the World Roman Catholic Church in Littleton, Colorado. I'm going to be giving my You Are Enough retreat there. Really excited. The retreat is based on the themes in my book that I just shared with you about. So themes about the stories of women in the Old Testament. I really love connecting with women in real life about these stories of the Bible, whether it's through my You Are Enough retreat or my You're Worth It retreat, which focuses on women in the New Testament. I find these days of reflection that we can share together are so valuable. And it's so uplifting and encouraging to me to be able to share in real life with women in this way. So that's Saturday, May 11th in Littleton, Colorado. Um, and then Saturday, June 1st, right here in New Hampshire, I'm going to be giving my You Are Enough retreat at St. Michael's Parish in Exeter, New Hampshire. Really looking forward to getting together with some of my local ladies for that one. So if you're in the area in New England um, and you can make it out to Exeter, New Hampshire on Saturday, June 1st, I would love it if you would come out and meet me there. If you're interested in having one of these retreats or having me speak at your parish, your community, your women's groups, um, let me know. You can connect with me at daniellebean.com slash retreats or daniellebean.com forward slash speaking. And there are forms you can fill out there. There's little bits of more information about the retreats or about different kinds of speaking topics that I generally do. You can get all of the information there at daniellebean.com. I would love to come to your community and meet you. And that's all the time we have for today, but I want to thank you for being here. I really appreciate the fact that you listen each week. I love being able to connect with you here. I love the different ways that we interact online. I love it when you share the podcast. If you appreciate the Girlfriends podcast, I would love for you to either leave an iTunes review, which really does help get the word out about the podcast, or share with it on social media or tell a friend in real life. The number one way that podcasts grow is through word of mouth. I know that's how I'm always hearing about new podcasts that I'm going to enjoy. So if you enjoy Girlfriends, you can help out your friend while helping me out by sharing the Girlfriends podcast link through your social media or just sharing by word of mouth with someone who you think might enjoy it. Help me to get the word out. But mostly, I just appreciate that you're here. I appreciate that you're listening. I appreciate that you tune in and connect with me week after week through the podcast here at Girlfriends. That truly is a gift to me. Your presence is so valuable and so encouraging to me. So thank you just for being here and for listening to the Girlfriends podcast. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. 
Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 